You're listening to Who Needs Sleep, a podcast for parents. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I am Dr. Philip McAllis. And I am Dr. Valerie Lawrence. And today you're joining us for another mini episode where we are going to address another listener question, this time about siblings and getting kids to get along, basically. So, but Val, how, how, how have you been doing? I've been taking it one day out of time. <laughs> out uh-huh. of time. Uh-huh. See how that works? One day out yeah. of time. One day out of time. That actually lines up with how right? things are. <laughs> But more likely one day at of time instead of one day out of time. That's literally it would be that way with a toddler. Yeah, with a toddler, (laughs) with a one-year-old. It's amazing how fast they suddenly become. I I, so now he can like reach things like the doorknobs. Uh He wasn't able to do that like three days Mm -hmm. ago, but Mm -hmm. now he can reach the doorknobs and grab silverware off of the counter. And now, so he loves the remote. We only Mm -hmm. have one. And so we have to hide the remote. And Uh it was hiding up on the dining room table. And so he figured out that if he gets into the chair that's in the living room, Uh he can see what's on the table. (laughs) So Uh so he found it and he got in the chair Mm -hmm. and then was like, hmm, got out of the chair and ran over and grabbed the remote off of the table. So And now he knows. Now he knows yes. where he had it. Yeah. So taking it one day out of time, <laughs> I'm running out of time to stay two steps ahead of this child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're playing catch up, right? That's like, well, uh, how long do you think that, that remote control is going to stick around before it's no longer with us? I mean, we've <laughs> we've given in a few times. I'm not going to lie. Uh-huh. I was just like, oh, he has it. We'll just let him just uh-huh. have it. And then mm-hmm. it goes into his mouth. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Are they waterproof? They're not waterproof. They should make them waterproof. <laughs> they should make them waterproof. Yes. Yeah. So that is the second invention that we will do from oh, yeah. this podcast. The okay. first was the rice cooker slash breast pump bottle <laughs> sterilizer. And right. now we will make waterproof remote this controls. Is good. I should You're welcome, listeners. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, let me tell you what my daughter finally figured out is how to find the edge in a roll of tape, which I still have a hard time with. But she, we're upstairs and she, she picked up one of those rolls of the blue painting tape, you know? Oh man. Is and she, she just stared at it. She really like, she really thought about it and she started turning it around her fingers like we do. And her little fingernail caught the edge and she pulled a long strip and she just paused for a second. And then she looked up and saw the cat and started walking with purpose towards the cat. (laughs) And luckily, the cat has good instincts and she booked it out of there. It's like, what to do with this newfound skill? There's a cat. Yeah. And that actually, (laughs) little kitty. That actually kind of brings us to our question today uh, that yes. we're answering. Yeah, because that cat knew exactly what to do. Sure but did. what if it's a seven-month-old? A human <laughs> sibling, right? It's another person. But what you about know? human sibling, right? if you will? Yeah. So, so that's what... Yeah, do you want to read our, our question for today? Sure, sure. I can definitely read it. And to our listeners, if you have any questions for us, please shoot us an email yeah. or a voicemail even. You can get all that information from our website, twotireddocs.com. Yes, and you can call us. Our phone number is 313-364-YAWN. 
9296. You can call in your questions and be on our podcast. So feel free. Or send us an email, like what Val's about to read. Yes. So this email is coming from Alex out of Vermont. And she states... First, I just wanted to say how much I've enjoyed listening to your advice and experience. Oh, that's Aww. sweet. My question is regarding siblings. I have a 2.5-year-old and a 9-month-old. My oldest has done a wonderful job welcoming our newest and last. Now, Alexandra. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should have three more, but that's just me. <laughs> newest and last member of the household. She is kind and protective and likes to teach him social norms. She is, however, quite possessive of her toys. Can't blame her. And doesn't mm -hmm. want to share. We try to balance acknowledgement of her space things with learning to share and are struggling. I am also worried that my poor nine-month-old hears a lot of no, you can't play with X when I want to encourage him mm -hmm. to explore and interact with his environment. How do I promote a healthy sibling relationship that will build the foundation of a strong siblinghood? Thank you so much. Alex, sent from my iPhone. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. Thank you very much for sending your question. That's a really yes. good question. Absolutely. It's a yeah. very good question. Well, you know, Val, neither of us are parents of more than one child. So No, yeah. we're not. Yeah, so we, 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 that's, we that's one <laughs> one area that, that <laughs> I thought uh, with this question would be really helpful to bring in a guest which I'm very excited Ooh. about. Yeah. And you, you know when there's people who you meet who kind of make you feel like you haven't really done anything yet? <laughs> people who just who do so many things. So that's the kind of person that I'm bringing in today. Oh, great. Yeah. So we, we have a guest today who's a, who's a, a certified special education teacher for 25 years. Ooh. Yeah. She's also a certified lactation consultant. Oh. She's the kind of person who, when she moves to a place and finds, like, unfortunately, is the case with a lot of places, there's not really great childcare options around mm -hmm. goes well i guess i will open a registered certified daycare oh wow and uh she's a professor at the local college My and goodness. she also happens to be i know i know she also happens to be the uh, healthy step specialist at the office that i work at which is why i knew that she would be a really good person to have on so if you could we can uh, welcome uh, christy bezritzik thank you for joining us christy hey thanks for having me oh christy i'm so excited that you're joining us for this episode yeah i'm excited too thanks for that kind introduction yeah of course of course the last thing i mentioned was the fact that you are a healthy step specialist i was wondering if you might be able to explain to our listeners what exactly the healthy steps program is and what it is that you do with that sure sure so healthy these steps fit into the work that I was doing in early intervention and preschool services for kiddos with special needs. But now in Healthy Steps, we're working with the moms and brand new babies and dads and whole family care, um, providing resources, referrals. We look at social determinants of health. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I think truly Healthy Steps is supposed to be preventative care for birth to three. Um, and our office just takes it, I think, a step further because we don't say no to a four-year-old or a five-year-old or a 16-year-old. Well, yeah, I, I would say that anytime there's one of those complicated questions where I don't really know how to help a parent, I pretty much send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've been helping parents with basic, like, how to interact with your child and help them interact with each other kind of questions, which is also why I thought that you would be mm -hmm. an excellent person <laughs> to have on to help us with this oh, question. Thank you. That's a great question, though, isn't it? Yeah. I feel like a lot of parents have that question mm -hmm. when you feel like you're saying no all the time, and then your little one starts parroting that back. And mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that can get a little overwhelming, yes. right? Yeah. Especially when there's two two in the house. Yeah, I only absolutely. have one also. Mm-hmm. So, Alex, you're doing a great job already. You got us beat. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. So I'd say probably one of the biggest pieces of advice and suggestions that I often give to parents is connecting before directing and really before mm. giving any mm. kind of like stop command or request to a child to get down on their level, make eye contact, we want engagement. Joint attention is important. And then that two-way back and forth, we call it serve and return speech. So if the little one was mm-hmm. sitting there, you know, the two-and-a-half-year-old and, a half year old and mm. maybe didn't want nine-month-old sibling to have a toy and mom or dad happened to see him grab it back and say mine, right? Which every two-and-a-half-year-old, mm-hmm. they're like little cave people, right? That Everything's mine, <laughs> mine, mine. The world belongs to them. Um, uh-huh. And then here we are, the big parents saying, no, yeah. no, no. Mm-hmm. Not a real... And they're like, but you're mine too. Right, right. <laughs> like, everything here is exactly. mine. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and if you don't like it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you pay attention to me right now, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. all about them at that point. So connecting before mm-hmm. directing is really just getting on their level and saying, oh, you didn't want the little one to have that you wanted it it's yours and as soon as the child Mm -hmm. reciprocates you have joint attention and then your direction whether it's redirection or whether you're trying to say how about you spin it around on the floor and we can see where it lands and try to engage in Mm two-person play but that direction that you give after you get the joint attention and engagement and that serve and return is 99 percent of the time going to work and that's what Hmm. parents oftentimes they'll feel like they're almost giving in because it, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like this authoritative, like the child's not listening to me because it feels like kind of a little bit softer and fluffier, but it, it really isn't. You're teaching mm-hmm. modulation. So mm-hmm. from going from no, and mm-hmm. parent is matching, no, you don't want them to have that. You wanted it. It was yours. And then showing mm-hmm. them how to come back down to calm. That's an important strategy and skill for, for our children to learn. And they learn it from us, you know, mm-hmm. and we learned it from yeah. our peers. That's what's so crazy. Like, 30 years ago or 25, 30 years ago, we were outside with our peers playing and we learned all of that self-regulation. You're right and, about that. <laughs> and our kids don't get that. Yeah. Like our, especially yeah. during COVID, right? right? Like we're the, yeah. we're their play partner. And sometimes as adults, we forget how to play. We want to be very bossy mm-hmm. and correct and play the right way mm-hmm. and follow the rules because yeah. that's the right way. Or we do it for our kid. And then we end up doing instead of building the skill. So I'd say connecting before directing is effective for redirection, stop behaviors, giving a direction, asking them to do a task. Connecting Mm -hmm. before directing is super effective. I like that. It's it's such a good, yeah, isn't that a good approach? It's, I mean, something that is surprising because you can, you know, talk about these concepts, but then you get into the situation and it's it's hard mm-hmm. to counteract your immediate response, your gut yes. response to say no, to say stop, mm-hmm. but it's just so much more complicated than having a dog, you know? Yeah, I mean, you you're know, right. And you know, it's funny because I, I try not to say no to my little guy mm-hmm. because I don't want him to parrot because, you know, those kids who kind of parrot, it's no for everything. Like, let's mm-hmm. put on a shirt. No, let's mm-hmm. brush teeth. No, let's. Mm-hmm. So... We don't say no often, but it has turned into gibberish because, like, if he's about to grab something that I don't want him to have, uh-huh. I go, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> just to kind of get his attention. <laughs> Yeah, instead yep. of saying no, yeah. so it's turned into an, a, a totally different gibberish type of <laughs> language. But yeah. 
Well, I think you're also keying into that. I think that's actually where the line is. If it's something that's going to be dangerous, then you have to have like mm-hmm. an immediate something, right? You're, yes, you're not going to yes. you know, get their attention, right? Yeah. yeah. If your two-year-old has gotten the hand of like a kitchen knife, you're not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to do something quick. You're going to do something quick. And it probably won't be like, you really seem to want to play with that knife. Mm. Right. But, right. Yeah. That's a no. But the thing is, I mean, <laughs> for everything, for everything else, for like 99% of the situations that you're going to be in, I think the the methods that you're talking about, it's amazing. And it, mm-hmm. I like that approach. No, that's a good tip there. Yeah. That joint attention is a... Yeah, it's a super mm-hmm. effective even when there's a tantrum. Mm. So it's not even just in a calmer moment. It's even when the big behaviors mm-hmm. are coming and someone's mm-hmm. throwing themselves on the mm-hmm. floor. I don't know if you've seen in the news a couple of times they've noted, like at Mm -hmm. Disney, there was a whole big article in the paper about one of the workers got down on the ground with a child with autism who was having a full out meltdown. Mm -hmm. Well, that's part of the floor time approach. It's really getting down on their level and Mm -hmm. not not being above them. So either eye contact or even under their eye level, because it does present the child with some sort of control. I mean, just think about it when someone's looking down at you, Mm -hmm. what that feels Mm -hmm. like versus you looking up at them. So it works in lots of different situations, even with your same age peers. So this isn't just for a two and a half and a nine month old. This is for mm-hmm. adults. Mm-hmm. They use this in geriatric care. Mm-hmm. Oh. A lot of the same approaches, part of crisis counseling. So it kind of parlays into a whole bunch of different pieces of life. Yeah, but like you said, you're, you're trying to build lifelong healthy mm-hmm. skills mm-hmm. with your kid in general. So I think that's a mm-hmm. fantastic way to approach Alex's yeah. issues and then issues in general. So yeah. I'm definitely going to put that in my back pocket, yeah, Christy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it really does change your perspective. That phrase floor time, if you mm-hmm. keep that in your head, it's, it's literal. And you really, it mm-hmm. feels different when you remember to stop and actually sit down on the floor, mm-hmm. lie down on the floor <laughs> with that one or two year old or three year old. And the whole room mm-hmm. shifts. Mm-hmm. You know, we've called Christy to ask for help for certain behaviors and it was really yeah. helpful. So thanks for That's saying fantastic. that. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. one thing to remember too is like how yeah. we're feeling like 70% of us in the United States have some kind of trauma, right? So if we're dysregulated and not feeling... Just, just 70? Sorry. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? So we wonder why sometimes yeah. our kids struggle, yeah. you know, if we're mm-hmm. dysregulated or feeling not mm. connected. And it's not intuitive to all parents to get on the floor and actually mm-hmm. be a true play mm. partner. Like, be silly. And it's okay that the cow goes yeah. on the barn or that the puzzle piece doesn't go in. It doesn't mean mom has to reach over and make it go in yeah. for the kiddo. Mm-hmm. We can talk that through and just help them. Again, it's building versus doing and i think we just want our kids to be happy and successful so a lot of times Mm -hmm. we'll do instead of build and we feel good because the puzzle got put together but then the child struggles the next time and the next time and the next time and we're like we do this puzzle all the time why can't you Mm -hmm. is something wrong and and then the child might lose interest because they're frustrated because they know you're going to take over it's like this domino effect but reframing how we are fitting into that interaction Mm -hmm. can be very meaningful and powerful. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because you do ask, is there something wrong? Why are you so upset? Mm -hmm. And for the kid, it's like, yeah, something's wrong. You keep coming in here and messing up what I'm trying to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know? So, I mean, my daughter, we have these little tiny one ounce packs of tubs of Play-Doh, right? All all the different colors. And she'll ask for the colors and I will give her the colors that she wants. And I have to literally stifle something within myself that, you know, that makes me want to keep the colors separate so that they can go back in their appropriate tubs. She doesn't care. No. She doesn't care at all. No. You know, and it doesn't matter that they're separate. I'm just trying to put things into a box. And so I do it. 
but it, it takes it takes a second to really reframe in my mind right. what it is that I what exactly am I trying to do here? Right. <laughs> what am I trying right. to accomplish? It's like every <laughs> teacher in preschool feel like they they the glue stick. Yeah. They say only turn it like this much, and you but you mm-hmm. you know as a kid you have to turn it and smush it. Mm-hmm. That's how you know, <laughs> right? That's how yeah. you know that doesn't work. Yeah. I'm out of glue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's actually something that I've been very thankful that my that, that our daughter has started doing is uh when there's something that is very smushable or breakable, she will turn to us and go, I wanna break this or I wanna smush this mm-hmm. <laughs> which is wonderful because mm-hmm. then I know what I'm gonna be cleaning up in ten minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you also have a little girl, little boys, they just kinda mm-hmm. do it and then look mm-hmm. at you like <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, ooh. Uh, I, I would say that she, you know, a year ago, she was just doing it and then looking at me. But yeah. yeah. A lot of times parents are like, oh, I don't like that. Or that's mm-hmm. messy. Or I don't yeah. have time to do that. But again, we had those experiences outside, big yeah. body play. Like all of this modulation and interaction created this internal locus of control. And now our kids have this external locus of control, mm-hmm. right? Like coaches watching how they're playing sports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, parents, especially again, during COVID, parent is teacher yeah. also right now. So they're all this pressure. So making sure they have those sensory outlets and, and that we're engaging and not just parenting all the time. I feel like that's, and again, mm. it's not that you have to be your child's friend. That's not what I mean. Mm. I just mean letting that interaction happen and talking during meal times and sitting at the table. And hopefully that's one positive through COVID is that hopefully yeah. we were able to slow down a little bit mm-hmm. and make those interactions a little bit richer. And But Christy, yeah. I have mm. a question that kind of, rolls off of Alex's question. So let's say, you know, mom is pregnant and they have, you know, a two-year-old at home. Are there ways that parents can kind of start to include the unborn baby and things before the baby comes out so that that toddler is a little bit more well-adjusted when the child comes out? Yeah, that's a great question. And I feel like a lot of parents Mm -hmm. have that same, Mm -hmm. how do we do this? And and there's no one right way, but there's Mm -hmm. lots of different ways. So talking about the baby, having the two-year-old or the two-and-a-half-year-old be present, you know, when mom and dad are talking and Mm -hmm. watching that cycle, taking pictures of your belly getting bigger, because again, that long-term gratification or a long-term consequence, I guess, as a sibling, maybe you don't, I don't know how you're looking. <laughs> but that might be a little uh-huh. tough for the two-year-old to be like, oh, in 10 months you're having a baby. Um, so maybe pictures, you know, pictures to kind of show the progression. And really just, again, having those rich interactions and, and having the, the sibling, you know, go to the nursery or to the store or buy maternity clothes and really talking and involving them as much as possible. And there's plenty of books um, that are available. And again, it's not about reading the words so much. It's about letting the kids identify pictures and then a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of conversation can come from that and also if you have friends that are in your quasi kind of circle i guess in your pod zoom circle yeah there you go (laughs) talking about brothers and sisters Uh, and aunts mm -hmm. and uncles and bringing the whole family into it and making it a positive and not promising Mm. things Mm. saying it's going to be I, I feel like a lot of times parents are like, oh, my child's going to feel so left out because I'm going to yeah. be with the baby. Yeah. And we put all this pressure on ourselves as a parent, but that's our perception, mm. right? And we yeah. push that perception on our child. So if we're stressed about it, guess who else is going to be stressed about it? That makes sense. Um, so making sure we take time to self-care and mm-hmm. and give ourselves mm. time to mourn to the family of three mm. that's lost, to move to that uh. family of four. I think parents feel guilty about that. Like I should be, I'm blessed to have this other child, but it's okay to mourn. You had two years of a family of three that you love to pieces you can be sad Mm. about that Mm. and then enjoy obviously the the new baby and and the new family of four but again i feel like our society doesn't let us 
offer us that grace. Like it's okay mm. to be sad. Mm-hmm. And it's okay then to rejoice yeah. and and live in that moment when the new baby comes and yeah. be happy. That's that's a that's, that's a very interesting. That's a very smart way to look at it too. Like you should yeah. be able to kind of mourn. Like okay, things are going to be different. Yeah, and then allow yourself to be happy when the next child comes. That's a great way to think about it. Yeah, a lot of yeah. times we really, in addition to placing our own worries on our kids and worrying for them preemptively mm-hmm. because oh, yeah. you're just you're trying to you're trying to keep ahead of them always in so many ways mm-hmm. but that's really interesting because a lot of times we really try to sum things up into a hundred percent positive or a hundred percent negative of an experience and I hadn't really ever thought about approaching having another child it, it's hard for people to think that it would be anything other than a joyous occasion. Mm-hmm. But it really is a family dynamic change. Mm-hmm, sure and I think a lot of people are probably thinking about what the family was like before that kid and feeling guilty about yeah. it. Yeah. But it's both. It's both positive and it's negative. Right. Not good and bad. Yeah. That's yeah. really interesting. And I think, yeah. again, like we just don't let ourselves huh. go there. You're blessed. You're having this mm-hmm. baby. Of course, we're happy mm-hmm. about it. I'm not saying we shouldn't be. But yeah, it's okay. It's okay yeah. to, to work through that. And honestly, the, yeah. your approach seems as though you wouldn't have any guilt once the child came out because you allowed yourself, right. you know, some time yeah. to mourn the situation. Just kind of mm. say, okay, this is going to be different. Because I have been told yeah. that one child is one, but two children are like 10 so So I think just kind of allowing yourself to kind of be sad like okay we're gonna have 10 children now (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I'm sad right now (laughs) oh I, I mean I'm I mean I'm one of four kids and I thinking about it now I don't know how they did it at all. And I think part of it was just also the fact that, you know, we grew up at a time where parents were more hands off. Yeah. And I think that was really lucky because we all had our own individual spaces we could fill. That is so true. So, yes, I'm one of three. Mm-hmm. And my mom has been here helping me with my little one. And she mm-hmm. said, this is the most time I have spent with any of my children or grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, my mm-hmm. mom went back mm-hmm. to work. And so we were either at daycare yeah. or another family mm-hmm. member's house. And then when we got older, I mm-hmm. mean, we would be outside. It was really come home when the streetlights come on. And that was it. And so and it's a lot different now, um, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. So our kids are going to have a totally different experience with <laughs> with growing up. So, yeah, our kids are growing up in a way. I mean, technology, that can be mm-hmm. a whole probably other four yeah. shows. Yeah. Um, well, we'll definitely have but- you back. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> even though this that. one isn't, even though this episode isn't over, but yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry, Alex. We, no, we... I think that the internet was not something we had growing up. For a lot of people, no. I will say, I mean, not not everybody, but and it's just a constant influx of information, and I feel like it compounds our worry a lot. It really does. Mm. I know mm-hmm. that if you're listening to this, you're listening on the internet. I know. <laughs> I'm aware. I'm aware of that. I think that's true. Please, please keep listening. <laughs> oh. Disregard. Disregard. That's the thing. Like, where do we draw that mm-hmm. line? Are we parent? Are we a drill sergeant? Yeah. But again, you can't just be their friend. Right. Like, so again, yeah. that balance, it's always about a balance and a I, 99% of the time we forget about ourselves in yeah. that balance. Though, you know, what do you do? Like, just going back to Alex's question, what do you do mm-hmm. with a two-year-old who's having a hard time uh, sharing? Because it's common that most two-year-olds, yeah, right? Yeah, well, at two, developmentally, they're not expected to share. 
they're not expected to share until they're five. Mm. But if you go to any like preschool or daycare and you hear it from mom and dads all the time, like my kid's not sharing. Well, the world belongs to them. They're exploring mm-hmm. and they're just figuring their own identity out. So what do you do? I'd say provide options, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. more than one thing. And that's why a lot of times that like when you're looking at daycares or somebody who has multiple children in the home, they have a couple of the same things because mm-hmm. they're not expected to share. But you can get on the floor and teach them like back and forth. Again, mm-hmm. that serve and return is very natural. And that's developed at infancy. So taking turns is like sharing. And again, you might start seeing that they start sharing on their own. They might not do it 100% of the time. And I think, again, that's where parents get upset. They're like, oh, they know better. They know they're supposed to share because they've done it before. Just because Mm -hmm. they've done it before, though, doesn't really mean they know, right? Like, it looks like they're sharing, you know? It looks like it. So we just, in our brain, we're like, oh, yeah, they know how to share. So I'd say, let them hoard the toys. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's been plenty of play sessions I do with kids. They put all the toys. Mm -hmm. They'll empty out buckets and bins and put it all in their lap. And I'm like, your lap is full. Mm -hmm. And then they'll start giving. Because it's not fun to just have it, Mm. you know, and that's the part that's hard. It's hard to shift. And again, I've I've been guilty of it. I'll give that attention to the negative behavior, Mm -hmm. thinking I'm doing the right thing. And you end up inadvertently reinforcing negative behavior. So just being sure that you're not doing that. Right. (laughs) I think think that, you know, you mentioning the ages, uh, that's also like how I think about when parents are trying to sleep train their two-month-old. Oh, yeah. To be able to say like, you know, your kid developmentally probably won't actually be able to sleep train until somewhere between four to six months yeah i don't think a lot of us know that kids aren't expect we expect them to share but kids shouldn't really be expected (laughs) to share really share until they're five that's a lot later than a lot of us think yeah Yeah. and like we somehow feel this pressure as parents to provide that for our kids Mm. and and they don't need it Mm -hmm. so we put all this extra pressure on ourselves and putting out all these fires all day but if we just trust our kids like Mm -hmm. developmentally They'll do okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, our yeah. brains are pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, especially if they're just allowed to do okay. Like if you just kind of, like you said, just mm. kind of allow them to figure it out, they'll yeah. figure it out instead yeah. of you trying to. Right, push and it comes it. from a it comes from a well meaning place, though. Of course, oh, yes. right? None of us are malicious in no. that intent. Yes. It's all coming from we want the best for our kids right. and. Well, I think- Flashcards at age two are not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, you know, you mentioning that uh, having a child who's gathering things and you saying your lap is full, that that's actually something that I found has been very, very helpful is narrating what it is that your child is doing, yeah. mm. giving them words to explain what their feelings are or to just mm-hmm. explain what the consequences of what they've done that to say your lap is full there's no judgment there mm-hmm. yeah. it's really just explaining here's what happened when you did that and it's the child says oh that is right my lap is full yeah What's, mine, what are we doing that you know mine turns into liam what did you do with the remote and he's <laughs> <laughs> and he goes <laughs> he takes it and hides it somewhere and he just kind of looks at me like because uh, mm-hmm. i'm only one yeah and i'm like you know what yeah. i'm talking about where did you put it <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting that you bring that up because that was one other thing i wanted to talk about mm-hmm. or just share and maybe hear your feedback on so one of the things i often hear from parents and it sounds like maybe alex's question trying to you know get back in there and give alex as much feedback as possible any repeated behavioral pattern, we have the power to change mm-hmm. just by shifting the way we respond to the behavior. Mm-hmm. So again, like it could be an adult and like two adults in a, a relationship. Mm. I think all of us have that same argument and we 
we just we know what buttons to push to make our partner upset. Mm-hmm. But if we shift our behavior mm-hmm. and respond differently, literally the problem can be resolved. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. But it's again, who wants to give up that sense of control? Right. Yeah. And again, like the remote vow, like that's a great way to get your attention, isn't mm-hmm. it? Right. Like he knows this just means I'm going to get mommy. And it's going to stop, drop, and come and right. get me. And it's just that one thing. It's the remote. Yeah. And then he'll mm-hmm. get yep. it and shake it and, <laughs> and then run away. Mm-hmm. And then he's out. <laughs> and you know, something is, that's a game that he can play mm-hmm. that gets your attention every time. You absolutely. Know? Yeah, absolutely. But really, they do whatever to get mm-hmm. your attention. This is one of the reasons that I feel like spanking doesn't work. <laughs> I know this is like an aside thing, but yeah. uh, you know, I, I had one family who was like, "Yeah, you know, we just we give him a little spank every single time he does this thing, but he keeps doing it." And it was like, "You have five kids at mm. your house. Yeah. That's the only <laughs> time he has your undivided attention." Right, mm-hmm. and negative is better than none. Yeah, negative is yeah. better than none, and yeah. so we might as well yeah. make our attention positive. But. It, it, it yeah. takes work, though. Especially if they spank him every time. Yeah. I'm like, after the, after the first two times it didn't work, you need to yeah. try something <laughs> else. Spanking spank is not going to work. <laughs> That's That's a a, that is actually, Val, that's what I, yeah. a lot of times, I, this is not intuitive to parents, no. though. Like, no. they say, mm-hmm. they own, my child only listens when I yell. And then when we kind of suss out and, mm-hmm. and peel back the layers of the behavior, they, re- they realize it's not an effective strategy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But our brains are reinforced because the behavior stops. Yeah. So we keep mm-hmm. doing it. And again, we play a role in that. And I'll tell you, yeah. that was hard for me to look in the mirror as yeah. a special ed teacher. Uh, I think that kids feel it when you are at least trying. You know, yeah. if you're making an effort, they feel it. you're mm-hmm. going to m- make mistakes yeah. when you're a parent. I mean, mistakes is even relative because what is a mistake? But, you know, I mean, you're yeah. going to do things <laughs> that you're like, ah, oh, I wish I hadn't done that, you know? Yeah, that's what makes us a good parent. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, but at least you, you, you sat back and went, okay, so that didn't work. Right, yeah. so, so right. I'm gonna try something I else. Need instead. to make some adjustments. Yeah. Right? I mean, when yeah. our daughter was was, I mean, one of the things that was really like difficult when she was just early toddlerhood was she was grabbing people's faces and pinching anytime she felt a strong emotion. <laughs> and something that I really appreciate that that you had said was, here are things that we can do, but also be aware that even if you get her to stop this, just because of where she is in her life and what she's doing, she may start doing a different negative behavior. And again, it's not because you did anything wrong, you know? Right. You were able to stop that behavior, but kids are developmentally, they need to push those buttons. They need to test boundaries. They need to find out what's real, yeah. what's not. And it's not because you did anything wrong, you know? No, you and know? something switches in our brain. Like once our kids learn how to walk, we forget to validate. We forget mm. to think, oh, yeah, you're not happy. So me telling you daddy's going to be home in 20 minutes, that makes me feel better because I just told you how you're going to feel better. But that doesn't help you feel better at all right now. But it's okay. It's okay. Like we say that a lot. Could you imagine saying that to your loved one or your partner? Like if you're crying that ugly cry and and then your partner says, oh, it's okay. You'd be like, you know, that's not what you say. Your favorite TV show is going to be on in 30 minutes. Yeah. And you'll be You'll be fine. fine. Oh. Right? But we it's intuitive for us with our partners yeah. and with our infants. You'll say, oh, my goodness, you're so mad. You're right to your baby. Or if it's your partner, yeah. you say, oh, my God, t- what happened? What happened? Yeah. Something a lot of couples run into is when somebody comes in and starts explaining some difficult situation they've had or, um, or something that went wrong that day. 
our reflex is to then try to solve it for that person, even though that's not what that person who's complaining wants. Right. No, like yes. that's they just want <laughs> to be validated that that's that's, you know, they want to be heard. Um, yeah. I yeah. have the hardest time not trying to fix something. Mm. And so I think the same thing goes, therefore, for your kid, you know, is that you have to sit there and try to actually listen to what it is that they're telling you and say, oh, yeah. hey, yeah, that makes sense. You're pretty upset that he's mm-hmm. taken that toy. And yeah. for the nine month old, you say, Yeah, you're pretty upset that she took that toy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And you know what's interesting? Another piece that Alex might you might find helpful too, instead of giving the attention to the older mm-hmm. child, mm-hmm. give the attention to the mm-hmm. baby. If the baby's upset, yeah, you're mm-hmm. sad, you're mad. He took that toy from mm-hmm. you. And don't give attention yeah. to the doer. And a lot of times we find that to be effective, too. Like I know some parents who say, my three-year-old is having a hard time with the dog, you know, always pulling the dog's mm-hmm. tail. Well, give the attention to mm-hmm. the dog. Sometimes if you just shift your attention just a few times within literally maybe a week or two, yeah. a complete mm-hmm. turnaround in behavior. I think that oh, focus wow. on the more positive things or even neutral things is more yeah, yeah is more <laughs> than your reaction to the negative things that's a really good way to do it when you have the two kids is to focus on yeah. the one who's hurt the one who's yep. who's upset mm-hmm. but yeah so i guess that's something that i'll be thinking of now and then you'll see the two and a half year old being like oh i'm here yeah. take it take it like it's mm-hmm. in, and then mm-hmm. you can validate yeah. that praise that effort yeah. you know you yeah. just shared with your brother i know you really wanted that toy and you took it but you look at you giving it yeah. back that, mm-hmm. that was hard to do and you did it. I'm so yeah. proud, you know, and really just celebrating those positives. And again, that's not intuitive for a lot of parents, mm-hmm. but they say oftentimes too that they know that they're supposed to do that. Why should I reward behavior that they're mm-hmm. they're supposed to mm-hmm. do? Yeah, because you want them to continue. Yeah, it, you know? yeah. Like, kind of like basketball players, you know, basketball players get paid when they win. So they get reinforced every time they make a bucket. So they're going to keep making buckets to keep making money, you know? Yeah. And so, like, my son liked to open the drawers on the TV mm-hmm. stand. And so he would open it. And I, I wouldn't say, no, don't open that. I would wait until he closed mm-hmm. it. And then I yeah. would praise, oh, my God, you closed the drawer. Yeah. You closed it. And yep. he was just like, what? I didn't yeah, do anything. You did. Yes, you did. You closed. <laughs> and so now he doesn't even really yeah. open them. No, <laughs> he's and he's more excited to close yeah. them yeah. than he is when he opens them. And so, yeah, just kind of like you yeah. said, just praising the positive and I think praising neutral stuff, too. Like when you see them do things when you didn't yeah. even ask them to do it, I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's important as yeah. well. So, yeah. Christy, Isn't you are this amazing. Oh, yeah. what you what you doing this time tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks yes, again. Thank you. Well, so so listeners, thank yeah, you for course. joining us. I hope you found this as informative and as useful as I found it, and I assume Val is it right and entertaining as well. Entertaining. Yeah. So right? uh, so uh, please, yeah, definitely. Like Val mentioned earlier, send us your questions. We're happy to answer them. We will bring on help if we need help answering them as evidenced by today so and don't forget to tell anybody else who you feel like would find this podcast useful about us we'd love to uh, answer their questions as well so thank you again for joining us everybody and uh, once again as always just because it's normal does not mean that it's easy so take the time to be kind to yourselves thanks everybody have a good one bye bye, bye. <laughs> Awesome. Oh, that was. Oh, that was-